All right, guys, if you can turn on your on your cameras and microphone, we are live. Terry, are you with us? I am here. Uh, there you go. We're alive, Terry. So up to you. Okay, so welcome to episode two of the Real Estate Investors podcast. Um, I'm Terry Shower, and I'm with my co-host today, JP. JP is the president of the Real Estate Investors Club, and we have the honor to have as a guest today, Dave Dubow. And Dave Dubow is an investor from BC, British Columbia, who's been in the game uh, for quite a long time, since 2003. And one of the reasons why we wanted to have him on today is that uh, Dave has a, a system for finding joint partnerships to co-invest. So that's kind of his speciality today. And uh, especially given the COVID times and everything else, he's done a really good job of working through digital means. So we're going to give Dave the opportunity to tell us a bit about his story and also to tell us a little bit about his system. So just to get started, Dave, do you want to uh, tell us a little bit, tell us who you are and uh, kind of what you do? Terry, JP, thank you very much. It's an honor to be here. Appreciate the invitation. Hello, everyone. Again, Dave Debo. Yeah, I'm a what I call a real estate entrepreneur. And I've been in real estate investing one way or the other, actually since age 12. I don't think I told you this, Terry, but my mother was a, a very active real estate investor back in the 70s and 80s. A working mom, single mom, bringing up this snot-nosed kid, built up a portfolio of about 50 properties. And uh, I remember when I was 12, she and my brother were working on a duplex. My brother's quite a bit older than I am. And I was excited about this. And I said, hey, you guys, I want to get involved. And they said, yeah, have you got any money? And somehow I'd saved up $200, which back in 1980 was, you know, a lot of money for a kid. So I said, okay. I put in my 200 bucks and they said, you get to have the garbage stoop. <laughs> That's, <your business. laughs> That's great. That was actually my first little foray into real estate investing. Um, got really serious about it after living overseas for quite a number of years. I actually lived in Costa Rica for uh, about a decade. D dabbled a little bit in real estate there. Did a, did a couple of foreclosure deals. Didn't even know that's what they're called, but that's what I ended up doing down there. And then uh, moved my, my family and myself to Canada. I'd married a Costa Rican. We had two little Costa Rican kids. But uh, as great as Costa Rica is, um, Canada, you know, you, you don't realize how good we have it here until mm -hmm. you live somewhere else for a while. So uh, being a white guy in Latin America, there's always kind of a target on your back, whether you got money or not, people think that you do. So there's a risk of kidnapping and ransom and that sort of thing. It doesn't happen very often, but I know two people that it has happened to. So didn't want that to happen to myself or my family. So that's why we moved back to Canada. Then it's like, okay, what do I do? Um, I was pretty much, I've been self-employed for so long. I was pretty much unemployable. I was in a brand new city, no contacts. Uh, no credit. I've been out of the country so long. So I saw, you remember those, I don't know if you guys got those late night infomercials by the American gurus back in yeah. the day. Yeah. <laughs> so I saw one of those, hey, how to get into real estate with little or no money down. I said, perfect. That's what I got. Sent away for the course, did it, and then uh, took, got the course. And then my first little uh, claim to fame is I did 18 deals in 18 months in and around the fairly small city of Kamloops, British Columbia. We had about 80,000 people in the area at that time. Um, fast forward a couple of years, caught the attention of an up and coming uh, Canadian real estate guru. He, he heard about my background in marketing and uh, ended up becoming the director of marketing for his companies. 
helped them grow uh, from, from pretty much nothing to 128 employees and seven branch offices and about $200 million a year in revenues uh, for the, during the six years I was working with them. Got back into real estate after, you know, I kind of got in and out, got back in, started doing uh, what we call client first rent to own deals or tenant first rent to own deals. Uh, where you find a tenant buyer, you go out, you buy them a house, and then you lease option it to them for two to three years while you help them get qualified for financing. So did that for, for some time. That's where I first came across the whole need for raising capital. And I don't know about you guys, but I had always heard, hey, you know what? Just find a good deal and the money will find you. JP, have you ever heard that expression? Yes, yes, definitely. Actually, I'm saying it in my class. Are you saying that? Well, I'm going to, I'm going to modify it slightly. All right. So I'll, I'll modify it slightly. I don't want to step on your toes. That's for sure. But my experience was, and, and here's the thing. I'd self-financed my first couple of deals, ran out of cash. Then I had this perfect opportunity land on my lap, a really good deal. And I crunched all the numbers. It was going to be a really good deal for investor partners too but I was starting from scratch. So I'd also heard, hey, if you need to raise money quickly, pick up the phone and start dialing for dollars. So that's what I did. I dialed for dollars, rejected, 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 rejected. My little fragile ego couldn't take it that much. So I quit calling. I, I didn't want that much rejection. Then I also heard, get out there and network up a storm. Go out there and, and practice your 30 second commercial, your elevator pitch, whatever it is. So I went Chamber of Commerce, BNI, Post wherever they, they let me in. And I had my business cards and met, mingled and did all that schmoozy stuff. And guess how much capital I raised? Zero. Okay. Uh, so by this time, I'm extra desperate. I'm running out of time. I need to get a, an extension on the subject removals. And then I came up with what I thought was a brilliant idea. I said, hey, this is such a good deal. It's going to sell itself if enough people could see it. So I put together a, a PDF and I emailed that out to about 200 people that uh, that I knew. And here's the challenge. I, and I got excited because I started getting all these replies back until I started reading the replies. And the replies basically said, hey, Dave, you know, I haven't heard from you in five years or 10 years or 15 years or whatever it was. And here you are hitting me up for cash for a deal. Take a hike. <laughs> <laughs> Bottom line, you guys. Um, I had to, I, I, couldn't, I, I couldn't get the capital to do that deal. I had to dissolve the whole thing, ticked off my tenant buyer, the, the whole property seller. We already had the property under contract, the realtors, the, the uh, mortgage broker, everybody was ticked off big time with me in a fairly small market. I had major egg on my face. And that's when I discovered what I call a big lie in real estate investing. And that is just find a good deal and the money will find you. That's true, but only if, and this is my, my opinion, only if you've got your investors lined up, ready to go in the wings ahead of time. So in my opinion, when it comes to the money or the deal, it's, you're always better off if you got the capital lined up first before you go out charging around looking for deals. It just makes life so much easier because otherwise you're coming from a position of weakness. You're coming from a, a position of desperation, of neediness. And as my mentor, uh, one of my mentors, Steve Chandler says, needy is creepy. <laughs> that's, that's how I came up with this whole, 
what you see behind me here, this money partner formula. So instead of chasing after investors or joint venture partners and their capital, why don't we get intelligent? Why do we apply intelligent marketing and attract people to us instead? Get them to put up their hand and say, hey, Terry, I'm interested in your deals. Tell me more. Hey, JP, I'm interested in finding out more about your deals. Let me know more. Because that conversation is a complete 180 from us chasing after people. Does that make sense, you guys? Absolutely, absolutely. Uh, so uh, um, yeah, that's a good point because what I, what I tell my students in the class actually is that you need to start searching for uh, the funds, but obviously nothing's going to be closed before. And, and I, I want to do a big warning here. We're not uh, within regulation of the AMF, okay? Because we're raising capitals. There's some important uh, things that you need to understand. You cannot ask for public appel public à l'épargne. If I go back in French, you cannot do that. So be careful with this. Uh, there is regulation. Contact your lawyer, okay? That being said, when you're actually trying to raise capital, that's what I'm saying to people is that try to meet the people, try to feel their interest. And then afterward, you send the deals. But yeah, I'm, I'm quite interesting of, of uh, knowing uh, how you're doing, uh, Dave. Well, JP, thank you. that's a very, very good point. And again, you guys, I won't even pretend I have a clue about the regulations in Quebec. I, I don't. I'm in BC. I'm very familiar with BC, Alberta, Ontario. That's where a lot of our clients are based. But I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to guess, and, and JP, please feel free to jump in and, and correct me if I'm wrong. But Basically, there are some exemptions to that rule. We're not, we're, no, in nowhere are we allowed to raise money from the general public without having the appropriate, appropriate licensing. So, for example, a stockbroker can, a financial planner can get general public customers and investor money, uh, uh, perhaps a mortgage broker can. These people are licensed to do that sort of thing. Once you get into the bigger deals, uh, you know, at, at least in, in other areas of Canada, you can get what's called an offering memorandum mm -hmm. and go out and, and raise capital that way. But here's the thing. Most of us are not in that position. Most of us are not uh, willing or, or needing to jump through all those hoops to get licensed or to get an offering memorandum. It, it's typically for a lot bigger deal. Who we typically work with are what I call mom and pop real estate investors, people that are, you know, doing single family homes or small multifamilies are starting to get into big things, but they aren't, you know, they aren't the big guys yet. Does that make sense? So yeah. JP, I've got a question for you. When it comes to raising capital in Quebec, are you allowed to work with close friends, family members and work associates? Is, is that within? Yes. yes. Beautiful. And it is the same. Then it is the same because it's it, language might be a little bit different, but it's the same parameters. And, and this is where this formula really comes in, you guys. We're, that's what we're going to be kind of talking about here today is what I call this money partner formula. Five simple, not necessarily easy, but five simple steps to get, to get investors reaching out to you, pre-motivated, pre-educated, and predisposed to investing with you. Does that make sense? So, yep. Terry, how would you like us to get started? Should we just start with... Step yeah, why don't you tell us? Why don't you tell us a little bit? You, you know your your business model and your system for how uh, you work, and then maybe I'll come in 
once or twice and ask you with everything that's going on outside and the fact that we need to be more, you know, digital and Zoom friendly, uh, if there are any kind of tips you would have for how people could modify some of that stuff. But why don't you just tell us your model and then I'll jump in if I have any questions. Perfect. Perfect. Well, the model is pretty simple and I'll try and point it, point it over here. But basically, <laughs> you guys, step number one is to come up with a target group of prospective investors without getting in trouble with your securities regulator, right? So that's why I'm going to suggest we focus on people that we have that pre-existing relationship with. They know us and we know them, right? Because you guys, again, it's, it's kind of common sense. In order for people to invest with us, you know, we're going to be get, trying to get somebody to invest $100,000 in a deal. Chances are they're going to need to know us. They're going to need to like us. And they're going to need to trust us with their money. Does that make sense? Right? So good news is if we're working with people in our sphere of influence, they already know us. Hopefully they like us. Now the question is, do they trust us with their 100 grand? That we don't know yet. That's, that's what we have to work on, the trust factor. So what I always suggest to people is let's create a target group of about 200 people that we have that pre-existing relationship with. Now, Terry, for you and JP, that's easy. You guys are out and about, uh, you've written books, you're running clubs, you know a lot of people. However, most folks, when I tell them, hey, come up with a list of 200 people, they freak out and they say, Dave, I don't know 200 people. There's no way. I would suggest, yes, you probably do. So the first step is you come up with this list of 200. The best way to do that is to start with a list of maybe 1,000 or 1,500 and whittle it down. Would you like to know how to do that really easily? Yeah. JP, how about you, buddy? You got a poker face there, my friend. <laughs> all right. So here's the trick. Here's, here's what we always show people. Start off with all of your phone contacts. Get all your phone contacts. And if you want to figure that out, you can just go into your contacts, scroll down to the very bottom. It'll show you how many you have. Export all your contacts from your phone into an Excel spreadsheet. Then do the same thing with all your social media contacts. Export them all, get them into that same Excel spreadsheet. Do the same thing with all your email contacts. Export them all, get them into that Excel spreadsheet. If you've got business cards or old address books or whatever, scan them, export them, get them into that Excel spreadsheet. You see where I'm going here? Get all of your contacts into one place. Now, instead of you having to think up 200 people, which is very, very difficult to do, now you're going to take a big look at this list Chances are you're going to have 1,000, 1,500 people, maybe more on that list, and very, very quickly go through it. And when you see a name, if a face pops into your head and you kind of like that face, keep them on your list. Otherwise, delete. Does that make sense? And that way you can whittle it down to about 200 people instead of having to come up with those 200 people in the first place. Does that make sense, you guys? Mm -hmm. Yep. All right. So let's pretend we've got that list. Now what are we going to do with it? Well, we don't want to make the same mistake I did, which is just to spam everybody with our deals. That's very, very clumsy. That's, that's like a bull in a china shop. And quite frankly, it doesn't work. And it's, you're going to shoot yourself in the foot. So here's what I'm going to recommend you do instead. I'm going to recommend that you get all of those contacts up into some sort of an email autoresponder. An email autoresponder. The one we recommend is one called Get Response. So it costs like 20 bucks a month. And this is, this is a way where you can create one email, send it out to all 200 people, and it's all personalized. 
So the viewers, the people that are part of the, the Real Estate Investors Club, I'm sure they're familiar with this. I'm sure you guys send out communications to everybody on a regular basis. It's probably through something like an email autoresponder, right? Mm -hmm. We can do the same thing as mom and pop investors with our 200 contacts. So here's what we want to do. First thing, job number one, create the list, get it up into that email autoresponder. Next thing we want to do is reconnect with these people on a personal level first before we start talking business. Does that make sense, you guys? So how do we reconnect? The way we, we, that I suggest we do it, the way we do it with our clients is a simple three-step email campaign, a warm-up campaign. First email goes out and it's just like a, a written email, a normal email. And I call this the Christmas letter from Aunt Nadine. So back in the day, before email and social media and all this stuff, people used to actually write Christmas letters. You guys remember that? You're too young to remember this. I'm sure you guys, but. No, no, my parents get them. They have like a trophy wall of like Christmas cards that they still get, so. <laughs> oh, okay, well, there you go, especially the older generation. So my Aunt Nadine, once a year, she would write a long letter and she'd go down and she'd get it Xeroxed and she would send that out in the Christmas card to all of her friends and family. Because back in those days, long distance phone calls were crazy expensive. You just, people kept in touch by letter. So that was great. Once a year, we get caught up on what she and the family were up to. Same idea here. We're going to do that, that same idea, but via email. So catch, I like to say, assume the other person hasn't heard from you in five years and catch them up on what you and the family been up to for the last five years or so. Big picture, what you're up to for work, you know, what the kids are doing if you're married with kids, remind people about kids' ages, your spouse, you know, all that kind of stuff. Just a nice, warm, friendly email. Nothing... Nothing in there planting seeds about real estate investing, nothing in there trying to sell them on anything, just a genuine reconnection. And then at the end of it, say, hey, well, that's what we've been up to. But how about you? What have you been up to? Please hit reply to this email. Let's catch up. Send that out to a couple hundred people. You're going to start getting some responses. Make sure you, you jump in and you respond to those folks. Okay, does that make sense, you guys? That's the first thing. Second thing is, about three days after that, we send out a second message. Same idea, kind of a catch-up type message. But this time, we send out a short video. A short video. Maybe three minutes, three, four minutes. Basically, you talking about what you've been up to. And again, at the end, saying, hey, if you haven't had a chance yet, I'd love to catch up with you. Please hit reply. Let me know how you're doing. And let's catch up. Okay? So we, we've switched things up. We've gone from just a regular email. Now we've got a short video message. And video is super high impact, you guys. A lot of people are nervous about doing it. Not everybody's as handsome, confident, and modest as I am. But, you know, <laughs> everybody could do video. So it works. It's the next best thing to being there with the person. Are you guys following along there? But the, the key is, say, at the end, hey, I'd love to hear from you. Please hit reply. Let's catch up. And then have a genuine reconnection with people. Here's why this is important, you guys because there are hundreds of thousands of dollars in those reconnections. There really are, okay? And then the third message is now we're going to give them the heads up that moving ahead, we're going to start talking about real estate investing. So we call this the transition message. It goes something like this. Hey, it's, it's Dave. It's been really good reconnecting with you over the last week or so. I want to let you know that moving ahead, I'm going to be doing a better job of staying in touch with you and letting you know what I'm up to with real estate investing. Real estate is something that I'm really passionate about. I've been doing really well with it. And I think it's the best way for everyday folks like you and like myself to get an above average return on our money 
backed by a solid tangible asset, a real piece of property, something we have complete control over. And who knows, maybe sometime in the future, you might even want to partner up with me and share in the profits on a deal. But you know what, if you're really not interested in real estate investing, that's okay too. You can always click on the unsubscribe button at the bottom of any of my emails. You'll be taken off the list immediately. My feelings will be hurt for a little while, but I'll get over it. Okay. Now, in the meantime, if you haven't had a chance to get back to me, let me know how you're doing. Please hit reply to this email and let's catch up. Take care. Talk to you soon. Okay. Let me just uh, let me just ask you a quick, a quick question. Um, so I, you know, I have a newsletter. Uh, JP manages the communications of the Real Estate Club, and so I know that, like with the, you know, data protection and all these like opt-in things. Now, um, you know, when I started my newsletter, I had to go through a whole process of like opting in, and so I just did that that business of like exporting all my contacts and then like kind of starting to spam them and then it's actually my virtual assistant like drew my attention to that and she was like terry you can't just spam people emails you have to have some kind of an opt-in process where they can choose to not get them um what do you have anything just like what would be your your comments on that okay so again not a lawyer not an accountant not a blah 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 i'm i'm a real estate guy and a marketer so my understanding of it is this terry when we're focusing on these folks that we already have a pre-existing relationship with, then it's not a problem. Like we, we can, if worse came to worse, and again, the, the idea that the regulators are gonna pounce on somebody like you or I, or, or the people watching this about sending out emails to a couple hundred people, very, very rare. And if they did by any miracle actually do that, we can point exactly, here's how I know this person, here's why, I can send them, I'm, I'm sending them an email, okay? Now, here's the other thing. When you use a program like GetResponse or, or these email autoresponders, they have an unsubscribe button or an unsubscribe link at the bottom of all of those emails. So it's very easy for people to unsubscribe. And then again, in this last message, I make it blatantly obvious that we're going to be talking to them about business type stuff about real estate investing stuff and if they'd rather not hear about it click on the unsubscribe link at the bottom of any of my emails so i make it super easy for them to do that does that make sense yeah okay yeah all right now everybody freaks out they say well if we tell them to opt out half of our half of those 200 people are going to opt out or 70 percent are going to opt out that's not usually the case in fact i've never seen that uh typically we when we when we do this with our clients they might see six, seven, or eight people opt out during that whole warm-up campaign. So it's typically very, very low, all right? So this is, this is how we break the ice. This is how we get things started with the whole process. So create that list of a couple hundred people and break the ice with them first uh, and give them the opportunity to opt out if they'd rather not hear about it. Does that make sense, you guys? Yeah, okay. All right. Now, step, now here's the thing. That process is not designed to start getting you investor meetings, but it's, a, it's surprising how often that actually happens. So about half the time and about, and about half of our clients actually get somebody reaching out and saying, okay, well, tell me more about what you're up to with real estate. I'm interested. So at this point, we need to be ready to go with a very good investor presentation, something to show people. And this gets back to your point, Terry. What are we gonna be doing now that we're in this whole COVID thing? especially now with the second wave coming along and all the restrictions are coming back in. Well, here's the beautiful thing. 
we don't need to meet with people face-to-face -face in person. We can meet with people face-to-face -face online, just like the three of us are doing, mm -hmm. plus whoever's watching this now. Just jump on Zoom. The price is right. It's free. <laughs> you can get a free Zoom account. Jump on Zoom. Meet with the other person. Everybody's used to Zoom these days. And you can share your screen and you can walk through your presentation with that person virtually. You can do it one-on-one -on -one, or you can do small group presentations as well, which is very, very effective. But it all, it all boils down to you need to have a really good, well thought out, well put together, I suggest slideshow presentation, a PowerPoint presentation to walk people through what your deal is all about. Some people say, you know what? You should be able to jot it down on the back of a napkin and explain it to somebody that way. I disagree. I find very few people can do that well consistently. Plus it's a little bit insulting because chances are the person you're presenting to is not a real estate enthusiast like the rest of us, like you and I and JP and probably everybody watching this. We are what I affectionately call real estate weirdos. <laughs> we are. And you guys know this. Like if you, if you talk with average people outside of the real estate club and you start talking real estate stuff, you see their eyes kind of glaze over. Has that ever happened to anybody? Or am I the only one? I'm the only one. <laughs> so anyhow. No, I think, you know what it is? I think the, the, I think the market is so hot in Montreal now that nobody's eyes are glazing over. Well, AJP, what's your experience with that? <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Yeah. 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 You guys are riding a, a hot, hot market now. That's awesome. It's, it's your turn. That's for sure. So we want to have a really good presentation. There you go. So we're back live. Uh, it's uh, our apologies. Uh, the joy of uh, having uh, a Zoom platform uh, is having a little problem here, a little difficulty. So Dave, you were saying about uh, the, uh, I, I can't even remember where we were. Sorry, I was managing the, the problem. Somewhere, Dave? I tell you. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. So Dave, we're we're, Dave, talking, think, yeah, we're talking about the second part of this five-step process, which is having a really good uh, PowerPoint presentation to show people when they put up and they say their hand and they say, yes, I'm That's where we were. Exactly. Yeah. 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 So yeah. That's, that's step number two. You want to make sure that you're, you're good to go with a, a good presentation. Step number three is all about having marketing, constant, consistent communication. That's super important, you guys, because what I, a big mistake I see a lot of capital raisers making is it's really hit and miss. Like they got a deal that they're working on. They run out, they shake the tree, they, they try to raise some capital. And then if they do raise enough capital, then they're busy working on the deal and they stop all of the other activities, right? Big mistake because then you have to start all over again from scratch. So better to keep things rolling to be raising capital all the time. Now, when I say raising capital, I'm not talking about people cutting you a check for $100,000. I'm talking about getting those investors lined up, ready to go in the wings, people who've maybe signed off on an expression of interest or a letter of intent, something like that saying, hey, I'm interested. It's not binding or anything, but you know that you've got investors lined up when you've got that deal. So you always want to keep that, that process going. Some big tips for people when it comes to marketing, have a website specifically focused on communicating with your investors. A lot of people have some sort of a website and they have one little tab on there that says investors. I think that's a big mistake. I think you need to have a whole website specifically designed for communicating with your investors. It can be your whole 
online marketing hub. It makes life so much easier for you. It's a way for you to automate like 80% of the, of the hard work when it comes to marketing. And then as far as actual marketing strategies, well, this whole warm-up campaign is actually a marketing strategy. You can do all sorts of different things. You can do electronic newsletters. You can do video logs. You can do blog posts. You can do whatever, you know, online or offline methods that, that really resonate with you. But a big tip would be start with one thing and do it consistently. A rock bottom minimum, at least be touching your database, your contact list, at least one time a month. And ideally get that up to four times a month. But at the beginning, at least start with one communication a month. And make sure with your marketing that you always have a call to action. Something like, hey, if you'd like to find out more, give me a call. Right? If you'd like to find out more, book uh, a call with me on my online calendar. Show them exactly what to do, what the next steps are. Mm -hmm. That makes sense, you guys? Yeah, and you know, Dave, what I, so I actually uh, read the PDF of this program that you sent me uh, the other day because I, I wanted to sort of prepare for the interview. And what I found really fascinating is that it looks to me like you sort of took the model of like classic digital marketing and you dropped it into making it work for finding joint venture partnerships. And I found that really fascinating because like, you know, as I kind of, I've gone through like, you know, uh, let's say marketing my book or uh, looking at how we're going to make a success of the podcast. Like those are some just, um, how can I say best practices that people use in digital marketing, be it, you know, building your contact list. How many times do you hit the contact list, having a dedicated landing page? Because basically when you're talking about having a website where the call to action or the CTA is super clear, like, I mean, this is basically marketing language or a marketing methodology that you're using to raise joint venture capital. So, I mean, I found that really interesting. I thought it was like almost like a kind of a refresher of some of the digital marketing stuff that like we know we should all be doing and maybe we're not like hitting our contact list often enough. But anyway, I just want to kind of point that out. I appreciate it. And what I found, Terry, is quite often because we're, we're marketers as well and, and we do all this kind of stuff, we assume other people are too, but they aren't. The vast majority of people that are part of your club or the vast majority of mom and pop real estate entrepreneurs are doing something else full times. They're, they're employees or they're, they got their own little small business or, or whatever. And at this point, real estate is, is probably a side gig for them. So they might not have the faintest clue about how to get started with marketing, what to do with marketing. So what we've done is we've dialed it down to what is the most effective thing and the easiest thing that people can get started doing. And that is, you know what? Because there's a gazillion different things you can do as you're, as you're aware. But if you tell somebody, hey, go do these 27 different things, they're gonna be overwhelmed, they won't do anything. So start with one thing, one thing that you at least don't mind doing and you can do consistently and get the ball rolling with that. Does that make sense? Because otherwise mm -hmm. it's just way too much. Mm -hmm. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and I think, you know, one of the other things that if you're like, you know, I, I mean, I haven't done so much of this, uh, you know, in my real estate career, but I've done more of it, like I said, promoting, you know, my book or, or trying to get some of those other things um, out there. And like, it's also the stuff that you're comfortable with. You know what yeah. I mean? Like, and I, and, and I think like, there's always this concern that when you start doing something new and you like adopt a formula or you take someone else's model, like you find yourself ending up doing things that make you super uncomfortable. You know, like I know you were mentioning you should, you know, go on and like and record your own video. 
for example, I really hate doing videos where it's just me talking to the camera. When I can have a conversation with somebody or where we can do like kind of interview style, then it's very natural. And I find like I have no trouble expressing myself that way. So I think it's also a question of like finding things that seem authentic from how you want to speak to people. And, and, you know, that way it doesn't end up being like a kind of annoying sales pitchy pyramid scheme, kind of a a feel. Well, and not only that, you'll actually do it. Like if if it's something that you at least, that's why I say you at least don't mind doing it, then there's a good opportunity that you'll, good chance that you will actually do it on a consistent basis. So yeah, very, very good points. That's, that's the, the third part. Get that constant, consistent communication up and going. And here's another big tip. When it comes to marketing, especially our real estate investing stuff, we got to remember, chances are the people that are on our target list of prospective investors are not real estate weirdos like us. So they don't want to know every single little detail about how to invest in real estate. They want to get the big picture reader's digest idea, and they want to know that you know what the heck you're talking about. That's really what they're focused on. So a big mistake I see people making is they over-educate the people on their list when they really aren't all that interested. Does that make sense? So we want to have it, we want to make our, our marketing as edutaining as possible. A little bit of education and hopefully some entertainment in there. That way people actually pay attention to it. Okay, sounds good. So I'm just going to give you a little bit of a time check. Usually our um, uh, podcast last uh like 50, 55 minutes. So I don't know if we can like kind of wrap up quickly if there's like some final, like a final step in there that you want to throw in. Well, I'll throw in the the final two steps because they're pretty fast. So the fourth step in this five-step process is demonstrating your expertise and your authority. Because again, that's where we really need to try work on no like, that's that's where we're going to work on the trust factor. So even if you only have a deal or two of experience under your belt, chances are your leaps and bounds ahead of the majority of people in your sphere of influence. Because the last stat I saw is that 95% of Canadians have never purchased an investment property. 95% of Canadians have never purchased an investment property. Your own house, your own condo, that doesn't count. That's your personal mm-hmm. residence. You know what I mean? So chances are a lot of people don't have a clue. So you have a one or two deals under your belt, you're way ahead of them. Some quick tips there. Dress the part. When you're going to be talking about to somebody about investing with you, look sharp, even if you're meeting with them on Zoom. Be able to explain your, your process and your market easily and succinctly, right? So in a simple manner, be able to talk about your real estate investing process and the market. So there's a couple of different tips there just to make things. There's all sorts of different things. You know, have a really good looking business card. Don't go cheap on the business card. Get some professional headshots done. Put those up on your website, put those on your investor presentation, work a little bit, you know, if, if you're asking somebody to invest hundred grand with you, you'll want to look like a professional. Does that make sense, you guys? And then step number five of the five-step process is once you get an investor to on board, it's a lot easier to get more of them with really good referrals and testimonials, testimonials and referrals. So try and get video testimonials from your happy investors and also try and get referrals to people that they know, because chances are they know other people that have money as well. So okay. that's it in a synopsis. 
That's okay. wrapping it up pretty quick. Okay. Well, what? thanks. That's, a, that's, I think, a very uh, good pivot there to just make sure we get under the, under the time limit. Um, I wonder if you have anything to say, you know, uh, kind of about the, the COVID moment. Um, I know we like to ask the crystal ball question, which is that, I mean, how connected the BC and Quebec markets are is, is a whole other question. But, you know, what do you see happening in the next six months to a year? And then would you have any like quick tips of how you think people could adapt to it? People in our industry could adapt to it. You know what? My crystal ball is so foggy. I'm, it's embarrassing. Like when this whole COVID thing first hit and everything shut down, I thought property prices were going to drop, right? But what I didn't take into account was the federal government printing billions and billions and billions of dollars to keep us all afloat, right? So that's, that's what a lot of people didn't take into account. How long that can last, I'm not sure. I think whatever's going to happen, there are going to be opportunities that come out of this for astute real estate entrepreneurs, all right? It's a, it's a matter of keeping your eyes open. And now, I think, right in this COVID thing, now is the perfect time to be reconnecting with people, to be doing this whole process we just talked about, to be shaking the tree and, and get, seeing who's interested in investing. Because we've seen what happened in the stock market. The drop it took at the beginning of the whole COVID thing was astronomical. Uh, we've seen that the, the real estate markets held, held its own. This is the perfect time to compare and contrast what we do with real estate investing versus what happens with most mom and pop investors in the stock market. Mm -hmm. um, and as far as like any, any tips, like I guess one of the reasons that like one of the things that I liked about your system is that because it's something that lends itself very nicely to like connecting with people digitally. Um, I feel like that's one of those things that's kind of like Zoom where, you know, there, there are some people who they're going to be winners and losers of the COVID moment when all of a sudden we're sitting in our little virtual bubbles. And definitely the adaptation that all of us need to make is to be more comfortable with whatever digital literacy. So be it digital marketing, be it digital meetings, those kind of things. Like, I mean, would that, would you say that that's like the main adaptation that people need to make at this point, or is there something I'm missing? Oh no, that's, that's the big one. So prior to COVID, my suggestion was, Hey, go out and meet with people at at your home, their home, your office, Tim Hortons, wherever, right? Go have one-on-one -on -one meetings with folks, show them what you got, that sort of thing. Well, that is, that's not happening so much anymore. It shouldn't be anyhow. So now we're going to have to do it via Zoom. So you need to get very, very comfortable doing all of these electronic communication means. So emails, uh, video conferencing, webinars. Webinars are huge, you guys. Uh, we've got clients raising hundreds and hundreds of millions of dollars via webinars, right? Online group presentations to their sphere of influence. So again, um, yeah, this is, this is the present and this is the future, exactly what we're doing here on Zoom. Yeah, yeah. Okay, um, I don't know, JP, did you have any audience questions or, or did you have any uh, kind of closing remarks? No, everybody was, uh, was listening. We had a good audience. Again, I apologize for a little uh, problem there, but uh, yeah, very interesting, Dave. I'm just going to do a final word, final boring word, just saying when we talk about money raising capital, make sure you talk to your lawyer about uh, the, um, it, uh, well, if you're, if you're okay, because there's a bunch of regulation. One uh, that we've discussed today is, is close relative, close friends is one of the exemption uh, that we have, but we have a bunch of other exemptions. So if you talk to your lawyer, you may uh, be able to uh, raise capital uh, securely with the rules of the EMF. Other than that, love the, love the, the email process. Uh, Dave, I can add a, a little something 
actually uh, that I've learned into a U.S. seminar uh, that's saying that when you close a deal, to send an email to the people saying, look, I've closed the deal and you're not faking it. So, uh, so that was very interesting. So you send the email first and then you send, thank you for uh, the interest in the deal. I've just closed my investors. So it, it creates a desire to uh, move on. But, better scarcity. But, it yeah. gets them to take action the next time faster. Exactly, really. exactly. Yeah. So Dave, thank you for your time. I'll, we'll put your coordinates into the uh, live. Uh, also in the comments, or if you want to add uh, a place where you can, they can reach you. Right. You guys, if, if you want a copy of the book back there, the one that Terry was talking about, Money Partner Formula, it's really, really easy. I'll trade it to you for your name and your email address. Just go to www.investorattractionbook.com. Investorattractionbook.com. Thanks, you guys. Thanks. Okay. Thank you, Dave. Take care, everybody. Bye-bye, everybody. Bye-bye.